I love this church. I've been in a lot of places. But there's not many places you walk into peace. Amen? You probably felt it before. You felt strife. You felt something different. But in this place, there's an amazing shalom piece of heaven. Amen? I love it. I love it. And I told Pastor John and Ashley before they left, I said, you know, I'm just so refreshed by being here. We are so refreshed by being here. It's just like a fresh drink of water on a hot, hot day. Amen. So I just want to encourage you today. I'm going to talk about some... I just got to let you know something. An apostolic anointing preaches to a different side. Are you okay with that? An apostolic anointing preaches to another side of the things of God. I always call people out. I always speak things into people's lives because that's who I am. And, you know, most people say, how come you just can't preach like everybody else? Because I'm not everybody else. I have an apostolic side to me, okay? So you just got to get used to that, amen? And so everybody's got their place. I put it on Facebook one day. I said, you know, I got a lot of people who always talk about pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and uh, what else is prophet, teachers, evangelists, pastors, prophets, and whatever it is. You know the fivefold. And we always try to get in each other's lane. Right? You know, we always try to tell each other how to do things. You know, you, you know evangelists all the time. And I can't, I can't win with an evangelist. He said, you didn't, you didn't do an altar call today. That's not my job right now. My job is to speak truth that's deep set in, inside of people. It's your job to call them in. It's my job to clean them. Amen? So, teachers, I do the same thing because I am a teacher. So, uh, so if I get to something kind of strange to you, just say amen and go on. Amen? Amen? All my life, I was growing up, I grew up in a church, I grew up in a Christian home, and all my life, pastors or evangelists would come to me and prophesy over me and my brothers, and they'd always say, you're a pastor. Next one to come along, you're an apostle. You're a pastor. You're an apostle. You're a pastor and an apostle. And I figured out I'm both. And it's okay to be both because I have an apostolic anointing on my life. I like to build things and I love to call people out and to carry the things that I have. Amen. It's not me. It's not for me. It's for the church. Amen. So we have, you know, like doing youth ministry or doing children's ministry. I love passing things on. And that's what, how we build the church. So if you think, if you think your life is just a little bit different, it's okay to be different. Amen? Even walk around with your shoes off, even if you got polka dotted socks. Okay? Now I'm going to get to some Hebrew stuff for you today, but I'm going to talk about being spiritually pregnant. I got this thing in my spirit. And if you follow me on my Facebook, you'll notice I, I speak a lot of things at just right now. And, and uh, I'll, I'll declare some things in the spirit because that's the only thing that's worth declaring. Amen. Especially on Facebook. Amen. I don't really care about what you ate. You know, I, 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 I mean, I love it. I mean, because I like food, too, but I'm not really interested in the physical food. I'm really interested in the spiritual stuff. Amen. So you'll see a lot of stuff that I put on Facebook is what God is speaking to me now. You know, God is speaking all the time. 
all the time. He's saying something right now. He's saying something right now, but because if you pray without ceasing, that means God is talking without speaking without ceasing. Amen. So he wants you to hear his voice. I want you to hear his voice. And God is doing some things in his church and he's giving discernment to his people. So we will understand how to fight the enemy. Because let me tell you something, the enemy is sneaky. And he can come in like a little wolf, right? And sheep clothing. It's like, man, you look exactly like a little sheep. But you bite. Right? And God is giving us discernment today. So I put this on my Facebook account the last couple weeks ago. And it says, church, do you feel yourself stretching and starting to have these weird spiritual food cravings? Like finding yourself listening to music that glorifies God. And that's, that's not all. The craziest thing is you're finding yourself reaching for your Bible, dusting it off. And the craziest thing ever, you started to feel yourself walking different. My, 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 uh, daughter-in-law, she's pregnant. She's about to have the baby tomorrow. Inducing her tomorrow. So she waddles. And it's fun to watch her, you know, because she's waddling. You know what? God is always, you can watch people and see if they're really pregnant with the things of God because they're waddling in the spirit. They walk different. Jacob walked different after being touched with God. Amen. He wrestled with Jesus all night long. That's where that song came from. And, um, and, uh, so he, he wrestled with Jesus. It's, you know, if you do a deep study, you'll find that it's Jesus that's with him. And it's, you know, he's breaking his will because Jacob was strong willed. You ever had a strong willed child? And you find out that one scripture says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from them. <laughs> okay, maybe not. And, uh, and so Jacob was, he had to leave the Jabbok. He had to cross the Jabbok. He had to cross the emptiness, the place of emptiness. He left everything on the other side. His possessions, his wives, everything. He left it on the other side and crossed emptiness. It's exactly what we have to do, church. I talk to people and if you saw some discussion on my Facebook, cause you know, I, I mean, I preach on Facebook and, uh, because it goes around the world. I got people everywhere and, uh, and you'll notice some things. And, uh, but the biggest thing is that people have a hard time laying down fleshly things that satisfies them because when God calls you to a higher degree, you're going to cross emptiness and you'd say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. And Jacob He was tired of who he is. Are you tired of who you are? I was tired of who I was one day, long time ago. And uh, I said, God, I just need a change. And and he started to touch me. And I walked differently than I've ever had in my life. And so I want I want to see if you're pregnant, okay? Today I'm just going to call out you're pregnant in the name of Jesus in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're pregnant in the spirit. God in the spirit, okay? <laughs> You're pregnant in the spirit because God is about to birth some great things out of you. Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of what I wrote. I heard a preacher say one time that uh, a true worshiper of the Lord will always be pregnant in his spirit. A true worshiper of the word of the Lord will always be pregnant 
Because it, even after this service here, that this worship service, did God birth something in you just then? When you were, God was maybe doing something in your life. He, he brought some things up in your life while you worshiped Him. He, he revealed some things in you. See, He's always shedding His light upon our hearts. So we will look at those things and say, wow, how'd that get there? How did that bitterness get there? How did, how did that anger get there? How did that resentment get there? How did that, you know, uh, what's my, what's my wife doing? What's she, I forgive her, right? I forgive him, whatever it might be. But so God sheds light upon our spirit so we will be able to become closer to who he is. Amen. We need to be in his image. David spent time in his presence. King David spent time in his presence, many years in the field watching the sheep. You know the word youngest. You remember that when Jesse had to go look for his son David, he was out in the field and it says that his youngest was out there. Samuel wanted to anoint all, you know, somebody for the king and he was looking for and he said, well, that's a fine young man. 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 That's a fine young woman. And that's a fine young man. That's a fine young man. But he says, this is not it. Do you have another one? He said, yeah, I got a, a young one out in the field watching the sheep. Young in Hebrew means insignificant. I got an insignificant son that's out there. He's just watching the sheep. You know, and a lot from what Ray Vanderlaan says out of Israel, he says, usually you always see little girls watching sheep because there's not much to it kind of a girly job so there's insignificant one out there he's watching the sheep well bring him in because i want to see him when he walked in you know what everybody was standing they stood while they went and got him you know something in your life that you may feel like you're insignificant in let me tell you something the heavenly hosts are standing to recognize god inside of you He's recognizing some of you have been beaten down your whole life and saying you will not amount to anything that you made these mistakes, this mistake, this mistake. Let me tell you something. You're not insignificant to God. You are worth everything to him. That's why he called you to be kings and priests and not slaves and paupers. He didn't call you to be a stepchild. He called you to be a, a child of the king. Amen? The whole thing changes with God. But sometimes here on earth, we see things differently. And we don't call those things out because we see what people have done. Mimi, we got to get past this. What people have done is under the blood. Amen? Seems like we've been talking about the blood a little bit this morning. And that, it was amazing to go back in time and sing. All, I, could, I could sing all those songs without the words. At the very beginning. Hallelujah. Joseph spent time with God. He got a dream, a vision. He got pregnant with a vision inside of him. But you know it took 13 years for that vision to come to birth. That's a long time to carry. Amen. I bet he was waddling really bad. 13 years. 13 years to wait on the promise of God. How about Hannah? Hannah waited on God and she was getting always, she's always, you know, she had that two other sisters wives, right? That's where they started the television show, sister wives, right? And she had two other sisters, you know, wives and, and you know, they had kids like crazy just popping out everywhere. But little Hannah, she just could not get pregnant whatsoever. And you know, she got, she got talked about 
Every time they come to the temple, she would always cry and she would fast and she wouldn't eat. Her husband said, you know what? I'm better than ten sons. In the back of her head, she's probably, no, you're not. I want something from God. I want something from God. Let me ask you something. Are you worth, is it worth going after even fasting? Yes, I said the F word. Fasting. Are you, is it worth praying and seeking God and longing for Him? The thing that you, have God, do you believe that God has birthed big things in your life? Raise your hand if you believe that God is, is birthing big things in your life. And the ones who did not raise your hand, I declare that God is birthing big things in your life. Amen. Because you are worth having God birth something great in you. You're worth it all. Amen. So now, you're going to go through some stretching. This is why sometimes we always abort things because it hurts sometimes. Now, if you know anything about me and Gina's ministry as pastors, even before that, and all the things that we have been through, you would probably say, how in the world are you still doing what you do? Because I'm not going to abort my calling for anything. No matter what the enemy is trying to throw at you and trying to, to deceive you and try to make you feel less than, you've got to understand the enemy in his tactics. Amen? He's always going to lie to you. What Jesus say? What God say about you? He says, you're, you're wonderful. I love who you are. Now, we've got some things we need to tweak. And that's what my word is all about. Come to my word and I'll show you. We're going to tweak some things. We're going to tweak how you hear my voice. I'm going to tweak some things in you to wake you up. I'm going to tweak some things in you so you can produce the right kind of fruit. You don't want harara. You want good fruit. Jeremiah 17, 6, something like that. You read it, you read shrubs in the desert. It's actually harara. It's a poison fruit. It will kill you, but it looks like a grapefruit. It looks really good when you're in the desert. You think, man, I'm, I'm doing some good things. I'm producing some fruit. No, you're killing yourself. And Jeremiah, get your Bibles out. Let me grab mine. It's not Jeremiah 1. I love Jeremiah. I won't keep you long today. Something probably like Henry VII did to his third wife. Yeah. Cut her head off in like a day. I won't keep you that long. I hope you don't cut your head off. Okay. Let's start. What do I want to start at? Verse 4? Verse 4. And then the word... Of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I intimately knew you. Just threw that in there for your verification. To know you. 
Before you were born, I sanctified you. Before you were born, I sanctify you. When you were still in the womb, I sanctified you. Kind of goes against the abortion thing, doesn't it? Okay, I won't go there. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And ordained you a prophet to the nations. I appointed you as a prophet. And then, then, then said I, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. I cannot speak, for I am a youth. I'm not insignificant. You're not insignificant. I didn't write down the youth part, did I? That's okay. Let's keep going. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. I was there one day. I was afraid of people's faces so bad I wouldn't even look at them. Because I didn't know what they were thinking. I thought they were thinking some bad things about me. Have you ever been there? Especially if you do public speaking, you look at people and it's like, what in the world? What are you doing, sleeping? (laughs) Anyhow. Whatever I command you, whatever I tell you to speak... Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth. So at the beginning of this, it says, the word of the Lord came to me. It's not just speaking. The word is Jesus, as we know him, okay? That's another teaching, but I want you to understand this. It was not just something that he heard in his spirit. It's something that was standing right in front of him. It's always known as the word of the Lord. Okay? Okay. Now the Lord put forth his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold. Can you say, hey? Hey. My church that I pastored. I'd always pause after, behold. And the whole church would, hey! That's a letter, by the way, in Hebrew. But it's also a word. Hey. Aleph and hey. Aleph, strong leader, God. Hey, hey. Breath of God. Hey. How you say it. Breath of God. It's the revealed breath of God. It's a revelation. means a window. That's why it's cracked open here at the top. It's a window. That's when God's breath can come into your house. Behold is the revealed breath of God. So every time you see behold in the word of God, there's a revelation of God coming afterwards. Okay? Everybody's going to go. All of you going to start saying behold all the time before you say something, huh? Especially to your children. Behold! Okay, maybe not. Okay, for I have put my words 
in your mouth. See? Comma. I like this because I'm thinking that something happened. There was a shift that happened in Jeremiah. At that point, now I know he says he's saying, see? He says, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out all to, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. This is your calling church. Right here, what Jeremiah is about to be prophesied over is your calling. Your calling is to root out the things that the enemy has planted in people's lives. To pull it down, the strongholds of God, of the enemy. Amen? To destroy and to throw down. I like throw down. You ever watch wrestling? These guys know how to throw down, don't they? I mean, they can pick them up with one hand, just throw them down. Don't you like to do that to the enemy? You know, most things, if you look at, anyhow, most demons and stuff are always kind of um, uh, strong, big creatures, you know, as animated or whatever. But you know, really, because Isaiah said, you're the one that has been taunting us, little bitty demon that just sickly looking. You're the one that's been lying to us. And then, so they're not very big. So they're, you can pick them up and throw them down. Amen. Amen? This is visualize, you know, you just pick up the little thing and then throw it down. It says, get out of my way. Get out of my family. Get out of my life. Get out of my people. Amen. Get out of my tribe. Okay. This is your calling to see. See is Raha. Raha. But you see what's in C? Behold. Behold. Raish. Raish is a the way it's written here too. It's, it's back in the 14th century. It was the same way. Or the 1400 BC. It means the back of a head. And it's the back of your head that's bowing down. It's, the, it's being humbled before the Lord. So Jesus is the one who was humbled he was one that was crucified who came from heaven and he was the one made humble. So this letter represents who Jesus is. So for us to see, we see Jesus and behold the revelation of the breath of God. See, when you start to see things in the spirit, you start to understand that it's Jesus and his revealed knowledge about some things. And he breathes that into our lives. The wind of the Spirit came into the second, in second chapter of Acts. Pastor talked about that last week, or Pastor Ashley did. And, uh, it's the wind of the Spirit. It sounded like the wind. It is the wind. Same thing that happened on Mount Sinai as the shofar blasted. It was the sound of wind. It's the sound of God's voice. The shofar is the sound of revelation. I should have brought my shofar today. This, I think we're coming up to, uh, Rosh Hashanah. We're coming up to uh, Yom Kippur. And uh, so um, the Feast of Trumpets. And this is probably the time that uh, more, a lot of us think, believe that Jesus will come back because it will be a hundred trumpet blast during that day. You hear shofars going off everywhere, especially in Israel. But uh, anyhow, okay. Okay, let's get to the fun part. Moreover, the word devar in Hebrew. 
Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? (laughs) I'm asking you, church, what do you see? Jesus is asking you, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. In his spirit, he saw a branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, he says, you have seen well, grasshopper. Just had to throw that in it to feel like it fit. I don't know. Okay. And so, for I am ready to perform my word. See, God is always asking you, what are you, are you ready for what I'm going to do in you? Are you ready to birth what I'm about to do inside of you? Can you see me? Can you see who I am? My breath of revelation. Can you hear who I am? You know, Isaiah 6, I love, I, I shared this with you before. The young man that came to my office, Uzziah, you know, I didn't know who he was. It, remember this story? I'm not going to explain it again. But he came to my house and I opened up my Bible and said, God, what are we going to talk about today? You know, he's always speaking. And I had a little tag on my Bible, my, my, in my Bible, and it says, God wants to speak to you today. I said, well, come on, God. Next thing over, says, the year that King Uzziah died. I just had Uzziah in my office. What is this? Disobedience. Uzziah was known as disobedient. He was good. A good, good, a good king for a while, but he wanted to be like the priest. He wanted to, he wanted to do the priest's things that he could not do. He could do some, but he can't do this. What he was doing, and the the place shook. The church, the temple, the sanctuary shook, and everything. The light came in, gave leprosy on his body, and he lived outside the kingdom for the rest of his life. So we have to obey the things of God. Amen. Obey the things of God. Then Isaiah says, I see the train of his robe filled the temple. I see that Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. He saw God. He saw the Lord. And when you start to obey the things of God, even when it goes against your fleshly desires, you start to see things you've never seen before. And not only that, there's more. He heard the angels crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He started to see things in a heavenly perspective. He says in his word that you are now seated in heavenly places. We should be seeing in the spirit all the time. When you see people, you'll know exactly what is going on. Now, I see people a lot of times, and I can hear things, and I can see things. And I give a lot of words of knowledge to people. Uh, Bad thing about it, I I can't remember most of them. You know, because they're just in my spirit. But I remember, you know, I told the story about the woman drowning. You know, I was in a prayer meeting, and I heard drowning, like gasping for air. You know, we were sitting in this circle, I was like, man, who in the world is drowning? And I looked over here, and this girl's over here, but she's not doing anything. But when I look at her, she's drowning. And she's gurgling, like gasping for air. I said, God, what's going on? And I said, hey, girl, are you drowning? And she just opened her eyes like, I just had that dream last night that I was drowning. And I was in this car and all this stuff happened. So I was able, we were able, me and Gina were able to give her a dream interpretation about her life. But 
God is always speaking, but are we always listening to what God, because it brought life to her. Amen? There's life inside of you that's ready to be birthed. Amen? Okay, I got to go. Oh, good. I got, what, three hours and 20 minutes? Good. Okay. Uh, okay, well, let's go back up. Look, look at this. I see a branch of almonds. Now, it's a play on words. I think I mentioned this to you a couple weeks ago. Almond is shakad. A shakade, excuse me. Shakade. It means to wake or to be awakened. Then he says, I'm ready. Shakade. It comes from the, it's spelled the same. It just, we have a different kind of vowel here set up underneath the sheen. So it's, it's shakade and shakad. Both of them mean to awake. So God is playing a word game with us. He says, I'm ready. Actually saying, I'm awake to perform my word in you. My question to the church, are you awake? Are you awake? What do you see? I see a branch of awakening and awakening. He says, I'm awake to perform my, my word inside of you. See, this is the thing about the church today is that we're too complacent. We're satisfied with what we have. I wasn't expecting any amens on that one. But we are. Because those who desire more of God sees more of God. I think David mentioned that. Those who have great expectations receive what they have expected. Amen. That's why, you know, going to Africa... I can, you know, see these people longing for the things of God because they have absolutely nothing. And then God just comes in like a flood. He says, I'm giving you everything I am because you're looking for everything who I am. Amen, church? I'm not religious whatsoever. But I love my relationship with the one true God. And I don't do things according to what people think is supposed to be done right. Because I just do what God says to do. Amen. In order. Amen. Now we've got to throw that out there. Okay. Hallelujah. My iPad keeps going off. It keeps going to sleep. Wake up. Hear the things of God, I tell you. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to pass some stuff here. Hallelujah. Lord, birth some great things in us. You're ready to perform your word in us, oh God. Hallelujah. The thing that really gets all of us, especially as pastors and leaders, is that we just get so busy doing. Right? You know, pastors, you know, you're, you're doing your schedules. You know, we got this, 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 and this to do. We got that, that, that. And that's not all because now we got the evening when everybody comes home from work. Now we got counseling, 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 go marriage counseling, do whatever, you know, casting out demons, whatever it might be. And, um, and we got just a full schedule. And, and the enemy loves it when our schedule is so full that we can't pray. And we, we are at a generation today that says, why pray? What's the point? Because we don't have that intimate relationship with the Father. And we don't understand what our words. He's waiting for our words to come to Him. He says, I am ready to do 
my word, to watch over my word, to speak my word, to see what my word is all about inside of you. I, I put something deep in you. I need, to, I need to bring it out. I need to birth it out of you. So, you remember the story about Martha and Mary? If you've been in church for a while, you probably heard it. You know, it's, it's out of, I pulled up Luke. I think it's in another gospel too. I think Matthew. Now it happened as they went into and into a certain village and they entered a certain woman's house named Martha. And Martha welcomed him into her house. And she and her sister called Mary. I don't know why they say called. Is that proper English? Is it supposed to be named? Oh, okay. Mary also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Not words. Word. There is something that's happening in Mary's life that Jesus is speaking like he did with Jeremiah with Mary. And then Martha comes along and says, hey, hey, hey. Mary was distracted with much serving. Sometimes we can serve out of the wrong motives. Because Jesus walked in the house. Martha just wanted to to look busy that she's serving him. But Martha or Mary, she says, I just want to love on him. I just want to know him. But sometimes we try to serve to try to be seen. In the church today, church... We need to do some things. We need to do a lot of things. But don't do it to be seen. Amen? We need to do it just to glorify God. So Martha was having this problem that day. And Jesus said, Martha, 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 Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Man, wouldn't that be kind of bad? I mean, the Lord come and said, your sister beat you. She was probably the youngest too. You know, it's like, I can't never get a, I never can get above Mary, man. She's always doing things right. Amen. This thing, he said, which will never be taken away from her. This word that I'm speaking to her. This word that God has spoken in your life. Don't give up. Whatever God has spoken to you, don't give up. You may feel like you're in a prison for 13 years. Don't give up. You may feel like you're just crying out to God year after year after year and say, God, there's nothing happening in my life. Will you hear my cry? He says, I hear your cry. Don't give up. Because we have a church who always wants other people to do their part. And this is the apostolic coming out of me, okay? I'm not, I'm not the important one. Pastor and John and Ashley are not the important ones. They are important to God, yes. But all of us are important to the kingdom of heaven. Amen? No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, you're important to God. You know, Nehemiah is an illustration of the kingdom of God. Right? 
You walk, if you look at Nehemiah and that story about all of that, the walls are down. There, you know, and Ezra's been there 13 years. Trying to get everything on his own, by himself. Trying to get the people to know God. But the, the place is destroyed and their defenses are down. So everybody is on edge because they're always looking behind them. Don't know what might come through the holes in the gates or the holes in the walls. Amen. But Nehemiah had a vision. God birthed him with something inside of him that says, you know what? I'm going to go back and rebuild because there's a passion in my heart that cries out for my people. His tribe. Whose tribe do you belong to? Do you belong to the tribe of Judah? Can I say something that you recognize? It's a meta, a meta, a meta. It's a staff. It's a staff. And it comes with authority of God's word. You look at Moses and he had a staff. You look at Aaron, he had a staff. And these staffs could do some amazing things. It's actually symbolic of the word of God. You have your staff in front of you. If you don't have a staff, get a staff. Amen? Because this is where you're going to see deliverance in your life. So you walk with the tribe, the staff. My tribe is with the Word of God. That's who I am. That's who we should be. Amen? So Nehemiah. Let me get back to Nehemiah. Lord, I'm true. Nehemiah comes to the, to the city. I know, um, didn't Pastor Ashley talk about Nehemiah? Can't remember. And, uh, but I love because, you know, he's getting, he's getting targeted by the other people. You know, Sam Ballad and his two friends and all this, writing them bad letters, you know, nasty letters. You ever had the devil write you a nasty letter and said, you're not worth it. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you in your spirit. Oh, man, I've got it many times. And you got to understand, I got the word of the Lord in my, my hand, I got the sword of the Lord in this other hand. I got the trial and the word. I got the shield and the, and the sword. Let's put it that way. So I have all of these. And Nehemiah comes in with a vision, with, with a purpose and a plan that God has birthed inside of him. And he says to his people, will you hear my vision? And they all stood up and said, we want to help you build. That's the church. That's a church. And I love what they said in the letters. Sam Ballard or one of the other two guys. And uh, it says, can these stones live again? Because I love it because God calls us to be living stones. We're, we're the stones from the rock of ages. We are the living stones. But So just put yourself on that wall. Man, God, it's that it was charred and burnt. Your, your life ever felt charred and burnt by the things you've done or the things that were happened that that was done to you he said god can we stones really live again can they really support a wall yeah they can on top of one another you'll never defend defend the enemy by yourself but you can defend the enemy when we're all stacked together amen and we build the things of god 
the walls of God. Okay? I'm almost done. Wake up. I'm almost done. I just do that because it gives people hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Another thing is, boy, I better get going. Um, I'm going to skip one of them. We have hidden motives sometimes. Uh, that's, that's even hidden from a lot of us. Um, we don't even know about it until God's light shines something in our soul and says, Wow, that's creepy. I mean, that's yucky. That's nasty. That's, that's not, I don't want that in my life. This is what happened. Now, Elisha had a young lady that he prophesied to and she gave birth to a son. Remember that story? But he was working one day and with his dad, so he's probably around 13, 14, 15 years old when they started working with their dads. And, uh, and so I, I guess he had heat stroke. I don't know, but a kid apparently died, right? And so the lady's coming and running towards Elisha. And Elisha sees it from a distance. He says, Gehazi, Gehazi, come here. Take my staff. <laughs> Take my meta. Take my authority of God's word and lay it upon his face. So he ran. He says, don't say a word to anybody. Don't mess this up. Just go. So he went and he laid the staff on his face, but nothing happened. So Elisha finally got there and he laid upon him seven times. Oh, excuse me. He laid upon him twice. And after that, the kid sneezed seven times. Okay. I don't know where he was in the vicinity of all the sneeze that came out. But hopefully he was not on top of him still. Because that would have been absolutely nasty. I mean, have you seen, you know, kids sneeze all the time, you know, it's like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> I am not eating that. If you ever invite me to a birthday party, please give me my piece of cake first. Because if the kid blows out his candles, I'm not eating that. Who come up with that idea and he had to slobber all over a cake and then we eat it? Go ahead and spray it. Just spray it. The icing will cover it all up. That's the germaphobe, I guess. But I can just wonder what happened seven times. You know, in the Word of God, numbers mean something. If it would, you know, it, it could have just said he sneezed many times. But it said he sneezed seven times. So I'm, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what is seven? What does seven times mean? You know, for me, um, Hebrew thing guy, you know. And the seventh letter is Zion. It's right here. Now, Zion is uh, this right here. Without this mark here is a Vav, the sixth letter. Vav is six. Which is man. We are the sixth letter. This is called a crown in Hebrew. We are crowned with Christ, the man. And because of that, this letter actually means weapon or sword and also understanding. So when we're crowned with the Lord, we have understanding. The Holy Spirit says, I'll bring understanding to you. I'll bring wisdom to you. And, but you know what? I don't know if that meant what he meant in 
the young boy sneezing seven times, but uh, can I just uh, pray that the Lord will allow the church to sneeze seven times, that it will come awake with not just who we used to be, but who He called us to be. People, warriors of the tribe of Judah, with the Word of God in our hands. Amen? That we will go after the things of God and not the things of our flesh. My flesh led me down some roads I didn't want to go. Because you thought it was fun at the beginning. Oh, this is really fun until you got there. And said, like, what in the world am I doing here? Took the wrong road. Because I wasn't listening to the things of God. Amen? So God wants to burst some things out of you, church. Some of you, I hope all of you, are pregnant with the things of God. Because I believe we're about to go into the maternity ward. We're about to hear the babies cry. The church of God is going to cry out to the things of God. It says, yada, yada, praise. But it also means to know. To know God is to praise Him. To praise God is to know Him. And when we start to praise Him and to know Him, we will acknowledge who He is. And when we acknowledge who He is, actually acknowledge comes from the word yada. That's just strange to me. It's like, okay, we got a word that says praise and to know, but acknowledge comes from out of that, and it's da'at. And it's da'at. It means that the doorway to see the covenant breath of God. See, when I praise Him, yada, I'll know Him, yada, and then I'll understand who He is, acknowledge who He is in my life, and the doorway will open up to prophetically see the breath of God. And that's where He wants our church to always be. To see Him. If you acknowledge Him, He will direct your paths and make your path straight. Amen? Okay. I think I'm done. Is that a good place to stop? Because I have a whole lot more. Oh, can I explain Gehazi just one second? Part two. Gehazi... You know, he didn't, it didn't work when he laid the, the authority, when he didn't lay the staff on his, on the kid. And then later, Naaman came, the warrior, the, the leader, the commander, he's got leprosy, and he's going after Elijah because a young girl said, hey, you need to go see Elijah. You know, I'm gonna make this really quick. And he goes to see Elijah, right? He says, this guy will heal you if you go and see him. So he went and saw him, and you know, he knocked on the door. Elijah! And the servant came to him, he says, what, 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 what do you want? And this is the commander. He says, I need to see Elijah. He says, I'll, let him, I'll give him the message. What do you need? I need to be healed. Hey, Elijah, there's a guy here who needs to be healed of leprosy. What do you want to do? He said, Take, tell him to go down to Jordan and dip seven times. Hey, you need to go down to Jordan and dip seven times. What? It's the dirtiest river in the whole place. Why can't I just go to that river that's clean or, or that river that's clean? How come you want me to go down to the river of Jordan? You know, that's just nasty water. I can't believe you. T- he wouldn't even have the decency to see me. I just, I can't believe that. And the servant said, you know what? 
I just do what he says to do if it's going to heal you. Sometimes the servants of God got more wisdom than the people that's in authority. He says, yeah, you know, okay. Let me go wash. Boom, bang, bing. There he is, clean, white as snow. He said, man, your God is amazing. Your God is amazing. Let me give you all these clothes. I got all these garments, man. I got a whole closet full of them. I want to give you all this stuff, man. This is, he said, I don't need none of that. Plus, it doesn't fit me. Not my size. That's okay. That's cool. Okay. So he walks off. He takes off and Gehazi is like, man, that's a lot of clothes. I'm kind of fat. I think they kind of fit me. So I think I'm going to go and talk to him a little bit. He takes off. And he says to Nahum, Hey, my, 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 my boss said it's okay to take your clothes. You know, if you still want to give them to me and all the little gold and silver, whatever you got, you know, he says, I'll take it. He says, yeah, come on, come on, can you take it? Yeah. And I uh, got back and said, uh, and I said, boy, where you been? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere. She said, but the spirit of God told me you went to go see Naaman. Oh, yeah, I forgot you were the prophet. Because you have done this and you have lied, you now receive the curse of leprosy that Naaman had on his life. See, the hard issues will keep you away from the things of God. So that's what I'm always talking to people about. What is God's, what's God showing you in your heart? Because He doesn't do it all at one time. Man, if we did it all at one time, we'd just toss the towel in and say, man, forget it, there's no hope for me. But he gives you a little bit of time because of the grace of God. Amen. He says, Don, you got this little area in your life, boy. You need to take care of it. Yes, God. I'll, I'll get it out. Whatever you want. You know, my deal was, you know, not, not, not my deal, but the thing I had on Facebook this week was alcohol. And you see all the many comments. It's okay. Because I'm calling people up to our higher level. That's the apostolic. We always call people above what they understand. Amen. People always tell me, I don't understand what you're talking about. What is all this Hebrew stuff? That's okay. Go look it up. I'm calling you higher to dig into the things of God so you'll know him and acknowledge who he is in your life. Amen, church. When you're saying with me, I'm done. Lord, I praise your mighty God. I praise you for your word, Father. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, I pray, Father God, we will not abort the things that you have birthed inside of us, Father. But, Lord, we will learn to breathe. We will learn to push. We will learn to eat the things that are right for us, Lord God, so the things that are birthed out of us will be what you called it to be. And, Lord God, we will take care of what you have called it to be. And Lord, I thank you, Father God, for this church. I thank you for what you have called it to be, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that everyone in this place is pregnant spiritually. You're welcome. Lord, I thank you, Father, for what you're about to do in this place. Get ready for a new year. For you're going to prepare for nine months. And you will see a breakthrough happen in your life. Get right with God. Let God show some things in your heart and get right with him. And he's going to continue to birth great and mighty things. And you will see some things you've never seen before. And the eyes of the, of the blind will be open. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. Amen, amen. amen. You are dismissed.